welcome to the podcast. This is You Gotta Watch This, and I'm your host, Aaron. And with me is your host, Nick. Hello! That was a little restrained, right? <laughs> there you go. Uh, what we do in this podcast is we watch every film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in order, and then we talk about it. And there's a little bit of a twist, though. What's the twist? So I've seen all these films many, many times, and I'm very familiar with them. Yeah. You might call me a, a super fan. Yeah, or these. a super nerd. You could call me that, too. I've been called worse. <laughs> but you, Nick, uh, are just watching these films for the first time. Yeah, because I'm super cool. And uh, you've always been very resistant to the charms of the MCU. I have been. And this podcast is all about breaking down those walls. Yeah, I'm giving in. Just breaking down the walls. Yeah. and I'm and, letting uh, it into my heart. Yeah. Mr. Gorbachev. Tear down that wall. <laughs> and we just watched Guardians of the Galaxy. This is film number 10. And it oh, is. that tickled you. <laughs> and this one's a little bit different because this is actually the first film that you've seen already. Yeah. So it's not going to be your hot take because you've seen this. This is your fourth time watching this movie. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Because you're such a nerd. Uh. So... Well, let's let's get your. What do you feel about it, though? It's not I, a hot take. Uh, so I love this movie, having seen it when it came out, um, just because it was like a cool sci-fi action adventure kind of thing with humor. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna see that. Mm -hmm. um, and I loved it again for the fourth time. Uh, you you I, mentioned last week that it was it was the sci-fi action like space part but also uh you're a chris pratt fan yes, from parks uh -huh. and rec and that yeah, made yeah. you interested totally yeah um and it was uh just as good as i remember i laughed out loud like all throughout the movie at all the same jokes that i've heard before but they still <laughs> tickled me every time um yeah i just loved it and and it was great this time having a little more context like there was one conversation that we'll get to it but there was a conversation kind of towards the beginning of the film in the first act, I'd say that like, I know I just sort of like my brain just glossed over. It was like, mm -hmm. those are details you don't need. Ignore them. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I didn't, you know, they you might don't... as well have been talking about like reversing the polarity on their ship, you know, yeah, yeah, to get a couple more yeah. mega jewels <laughs> out of the hyperdrive. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Like just say some stuff and then I'll get what is going to happen plot wise. Right. And but, but this now, time around, now it, I understood uh, what they're talking about. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So um, we're going to do a segment. This is probably going to be a little easier for you. So we'll have to think of a way to make it harder. Um, oh, but no. This is Nick's three minute recap. It's and already so, pretty hard. I know. Well, you got to be challenging yourself. You got to you got to be reaching for the stars. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so uh, here's how this works. This is a new segment. Um, you recap this movie in as much detail as you can, uh -huh. and you have only three minutes to do it. Okay. And I will be helping you along the way by letting you know how much time you have left. Is that helping? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be making sure to stop and, and, and tell you how much time is left, because that's an important thing for you to know. <laughs> okay. And so, yeah. So gather your thoughts, because it starts right now. Ah, ah. I hate it when you do that. Okay. So Peter Quill is a kid on Earth. He's a little kid, and his mom dies, and he's all like, no. And then he runs outside and he gets, it's been he gets so space far. abducted. Don't you do it. And so flash forward like 30 some years later and he's burgling something. He's burgling a little a thingy, which we found out later is going to be an infinity stone. Some bad guys want it too. And so he fights them off. Um, but Yondu uh, uh, also wanted it. And uh, Quill didn't give it to him. And uh, Yondu so was like far. his, his so boss. Two minutes and so and he puts a hit out on him. So Actually, the Kree are like these bad guys. Uh, and they're led by this renegade guy named Ronan. Um, he, he doesn't represent the government per se, but he's like this awful guy and he wants uh, revenge on Xandar. So he wants this orb. Um, and he's, he's made this deal with Thanos, this guy, uh, this space guy. And. Uh, Say, give him the orb to destroy Xandar. Um, and so, so hang on one second. So, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then there's a big chase scene. You got two minutes. I just want you to know. Uh, so at this you're doing point, great. At this point, we've got Star Lord, who's Peter Quill. We've got Rocket, the little raccoon. We've got Groot, the man, the the, <laughs> the plant man. It's been about ten seconds Gamora! since our last check in. <laughs> and then they they get apprehended and sent to prison, and then they meet Drax. Uh, and so they make a deal. They you're escape. About Twenty minutes uh, into the movie, Ronan kills the other at time. this point, and then uh, Thanos intimidates him and is like, "Don't don't mess with me." 
so they escape prison. It's pretty awesome. Um, Yandu finds out who wants the orb. It's the collector. Remember that name. Uh, so the gang goes to this space. This is the halfway uh, this mark. Ja- giant skull. It's giant space giant skull. Uh, then they meet the buyer there. So uh, let's see. The, his servant grabs it. It explodes everywhere. Explodes all over the place. This is an update on your time, um, but Drax it is running out. <laughs> Just so you know. Ronin. It's counting Yandu down. also shows up at the same time. So Nebula and Gamora are fighting. Um, so they're, uh, Gamora's about to die, but Quill jumps out of into space and saves her. Um, Ronin, turn, uh, Ronin gets the, the orb. It turns out he's double-crossing Thanos. There's one minute left. Oh, Lord, don't tap me. <laughs> and Ronin double-crosses Thanos and keeps the stone and he says i'm gonna come after you next so i'm gonna destroy uh these guys myself quill um uh, avoids death he gives a good speech gets everybody the team together um forms a plan with the ravagers 45 and they're seconds fight, gotta wrap fight it up the Kree. um they go to no- the nova core planet and they form this blockade with the ships which is stupid because they all wind up dying um ronin uh, they, they, they crash the big, they Boy, crash the big ship, uh-huh. um, and, uh, they think they've killed Ronan, but they haven't, um, Groot sacrifices himself. Five seconds. Um, so, so there's a penalty for finishing so, early. <laughs> and Ronan, uh, so they, they, they blow up his hammer <laughs> and Quill grabs the, grabs the stone and they all touch. And so they can control it and using their power combined, that's they zap Ronan. Seconds, um, so 12. Yondu claims it, now but Quill gives seconds, him a fake one and keeps uh, it, um, and gives seven, it back to the Nova Corps for keeps safe. Five, Safekeeping. Four, I mean, not cape safing. Safekeeping. The end. One. All right. Good job. Cape safing is cape a word. Cape Yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to deduct uh, 30 points for that because <laughs> you misspoke. Are we scoring? <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah, yeah. People are keeping score at home. Good so lord. They'll uh, email in and tell us what you're. This, you know, I don't. <laughs> I, I know we wanted to accelerate the, the, this process, but was there any of that useful? <laughs> I got a lot out of it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you can see this waveform. Hey, the waveform is insane. It's like a, a solid line of black. Um, okay. Well, you know what? You just got to push the skip button on your podcast six times, and it goes right through. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Or you can you can play it at like half speed and like. Ooh. Actually, understand what I'm saying. I uh, I want to listen to it at double speed. <laughs> I'm gonna make a note of that later. So that's the movie. Uh, everybody listening should be able to be caught up now. Uh, so what, <laughs> let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. <sighs> so again, none of, none of this was new to you. Um, but let's maybe start by talking about what did jump out at you as new this time around. All right. So I know a little bit more about the Infinity Stones. I still. In, in fact, what I didn't realize was this is the movie that kind of explains a little more about the Affinity Stones. Mm-hmm. And I had kind of just glossed over that the first couple times watching it because I was like, that's eh, just like the, the, the lore that they want to, yeah. you know, to come impress you with. They're just talking it, about the MacGuffin. Right. To make it more like, oh, this is important. Mm-hmm. And it's still a MacGuffin. It sure, still it is. is. It but is. It, you right. know, it's... It's getting realer, you know. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's it's affecting. You're starting to see like the vast power mm-hmm. that these stones have, and you're starting to see that like p- these bad guys all around the universe in various shapes and sizes are drawn to these because they recognize the power. Yeah, and they want that power, um, and so you're starting to see like this this uh, like a um, what do you call a thing that repeats. A pattern. Yeah. Uh, Patterns emerging. Yeah. You know, of, you know, uh, bad guys trying to get their hands on these things and the good guys trying to keep their hands off them. So I pointed out to you uh, the little kind of like video that the collector plays for them. He uh, he and he talks about the the six the six stones and he kind of like shows images of them like being formed. And you see like a picture of them all like in their like stone form. But then if you look closely, it cuts and then you see um, the ether kind of flowing uh-huh. and the Tesseract, like just straight up to the Tesseract. Yeah. And like Groot tries to grab it, the Tesseract, but it's <laughs> yeah. just a hologram. But so the Tesseract is the blue one. The ether is the red one. And and so this is the second time we're, this is like double confirmation that those are in fact Infinity Stones. Yeah. Because we got it before at the end of Thor 2. Uh-huh. And it was more a little more sly, you know, like it was... It's a little more subtle, the turn of phrase they use to confirm it. But in this one, he just, like, they out and out show you a picture of them. Yeah, like, says there were six. Stones. What was it that he said? Something about, like, they were six original they were star s- systems? Six singularities. Galaxies. Singularities, that's what yeah. he said. Okay. And then, and then like, the Big Bang happened. And, and the universe formed. And, and those singularities were condensed down into ingots, is what he calls uh-huh. them, ingots. And, uh, and we see they're not very big. So the idea that a singularity 
you know, gets compressed down to that size. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all science mumbo jumbo, but mm-hmm. it's but it's pretty cool. And this one was purple. Yeah. So do you see any significance in the colors or does that mean anything to you yet? Or can not, you piece anything together? No, not yet. Other than um, no, just nothing. you mentioned um, you definitely didn't see two blue ones. When they showed all the colors, right? But I, do, I couldn't tell you what the other colors are again. I don't remember. Them. Yeah, but you're you're you're. Uh, Am I correct theory, you're, that the other that the thing is the not casket a, of yeah. ancient winners is officially ruled out as yeah. a infinity stone. Cool, good. I knew it. <laughs> I knew Bucky was still alive. <laughs> you you were really holding on to that casket for a while. Like, I, I, I had to keep it in my back pocket. <laughs> the infinity stone. I'm letting it go. Cold. It's gone. It's it's been gone. <laughs> so. And then, of course, the collector. This was the second time we've seen him. Yep. So he was set up at the end of Thor two. And, um, <clears throat> well, let's talk about the characters. Uh, this is where we're introduced to uh, Star Lord. Yeah. Who is abducted as a child, uh, and so he's got a very sad story. His mom dies of cancer, uh-huh. and uh, he's raised by, I guess, space pirates. Yeah. Would be a way yeah, of essentially putting it up. And of course, you've seen the second one as well, so yep. we, we get more of his backstory in the second right. one. Right, and I'm sure doing my best to try and not like get, get, bring any of that in. Yeah, I, yeah. I hear you. It's it's tough. Um, well, let's let's talk about Ronan then, because he's this is his uh, his only Guardians film. Yeah, so. It's interesting. So, all right. So he's part of this race, I guess, called the Kree. Yeah. Um, And I guess there's been a history of war throughout the years with another planet, Nova. So what are they called? The planet's called Xandar. Xandar. Okay. The Xandar people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the Xandar and the Kree. Xandarians. Xandarians. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And the Nova Corps is like their like government. government. Yeah. Okay. Um, So... Uh, I but, guess they've n- negotiated a treaty with the actual Cree government. Yeah. But he is sort of like a renegade and he's like, no, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to do my own thing. He's got a big ship and loyal followers. His, he, so he's Ronan the accuser. An accuser is a government rank. Uh, okay. It's like, it's like sort of like a judge slash like kind of like a judge dread situation, you okay. know, where he can be like. I accuse you of being guilty, and so I'm going to kill you. Right. <laughs> like, he just well, kind of does he, it all. At the end, when he landed and sort of stepped out, and he was sort of, you know, making proclamations to the gathered crowd, he said, that was one of the things he said, was, yeah. like, I accuse you. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, pretty cool. But, so, but he has gone, like, the, the Cree government has disavowed him, but they also seem super uninterested. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> nah, it's your problem. Yeah, they, the guy was kind of a jerk. Yeah. Um. And then I I do like uh, I guess it's the motion to like close his turn his screen off. Yeah, he just but he also like re- yeah reaches his hand up and like it's like stuck to the hand. <laughs> yeah, it was a very uh, odd gesture. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it was also like presumably so far away from the screen. You know, it's not like he reached past it to turn right. it off. You know, <laughs> it was just very it was close to his face and he <laughs> he did that. Um, but so Ronan gets a lot of criticism for being a pretty. Um, one-dimensional uh villain and people so in, in terms of and marvel villains in general get a lot of criticism yeah. for that but after you know somebody like loki comes in and like oh yeah you know, the second or third film you right. know like it makes everybody else seem kind of dumb i mean that's absolutely true and i won't argue with that one bit i will say that doesn't detract much for me just because the rest of it's good there are some dumb parts of this movie okay but i love it <laughs> um and that's definitely one of them it's yeah. like i mean you're you're given absolutely no backstory on his motivations other than there there used to be war everyone yeah. else has gotten over it yeah and he has he's, he's mentions his dad and his grandfather were killed by the xandar sure but you know rocket makes a point to drax where he says uh, everybody's got dead people, yeah. you know, and it doesn't mean you get to make more dead people, yep. you know, like that's not your right. You just gotta, you gotta get over right. it. Right. You know? Exactly. Um, so that he is kind of, it's interesting. I wonder how he fell in with, with Thanos. Cause, uh, we haven't talked about Thanos, yet, uh-huh. but that is clearly, you know, the person who sent him out to get the stone yeah. in the first place. And he didn't even know it was a stone. He just knew I get this thing for Thanos and Thanos will kill Xandar uh-huh. for me. Yeah. Um, but once he gets wise to what it is, he decides to just keep it. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah, Thanos, I don't know who, I mean, I, like, I don't really know much about him. So we've seen him before. Just once briefly at the end of Avengers. Yeah. 
And we've seen the the other before, yeah. which is his little like um, butler or <laughs> butler. I don't know what you call it. His right hand man. Yeah, it's like his yeah, like his chief of staff. Yeah, I, I like butler though. That's funny. <laughs> his spooky space butler. <laughs> he's, so he's definitely less menacing in this one than when he was intimidating Loki. Yeah, because he was like weird and like moved all like unnaturally fast yeah. and like was sneaking up behind Loki and uh-huh. Loki was like creeped out. And I think I, and I, I feel like maybe we might've talked about this either offline or, or um, in that episode. We did talk about it a little bit. We jumped ahead. They're, they're kind of, you know, in showing how uh, almost in a, such a blase fashion, mm-hmm. um, Ronan kills the other mm-hmm. just cause he like won't shut up and he's trying to talk to Thanos. Yeah. And he's just almost like, offhandedly in an irritated manner just like blasts him yeah and spins his head around yeah he definitely you get the sense too that he he feels like he's because his whole shtick is really just like i guess being creepy and like it may be yelling but like he's like all he can do is yell at ronan ronan's like i'm and really it's not sick. working yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not scared at all and I, I so i guess it's to show that yeah there's not much like bite behind mm-hmm. the bark yeah of the other but also i I think to try and beef up uh ronin and yeah. sort of show Establish like, oh, like yeah. a relative power scale yeah you know? yeah, like, yeah whereas loki might have been a, like loki wasn't like out and out terrified of him but he was like he was also less experienced at that he, point he is yeah and it just shows ronin is is definitely handling the task to get a stone differently mm-hmm. than loki did mm-hmm. he's got his own way about it and um, it, it definitely sets him up as a rough customer, similar to his fight with Drax on Nowhere. Yeah. Uh, where he just handles Drax like he's a child, mm-hmm. basically. I, I thought that was... Because he doesn't look that much bigger than Drax. Drax looks huge. Yeah. But he's just obviously just that much more powerful. Right. Um, what did you think about uh, Nowhere, that like severed celestial Super head? Super cool. I wish I could read an entire Wikipedia article on the origin of the space giant severed head and what that what thing that was and could be like this is where i get interested in the stuff (laughs) like that is like when it comes to like i just like that's why i love star wars is all the different like races and types of creatures Mm -hmm. and and pieces peoples and yeah uh just the crazy you know space worms and meteors (laughs) and now you know you come to this universe and you've got sort of the same thing there's so many different types of people and creatures mm-hmm. and i just love it well james gunn uh he he's the director of this and he when he first found out he was going to do it the first thing he did was he wrote a 19 page document called like the look of guardians of the galaxies and he it was just talked about all the design elements and okay how he wanted everything to look and all the like the spaceships and the overall tone mm-hmm. and his big thing was he wanted to bring in lots of color to yeah. the space opera because he felt like it had definitely gotten washed out over the years so he wanted to bring it and give it like that comic book feel and yeah. so when you're looking at nowhere and you see like there's bright blues and greens yeah. in there like and yellows With all like these the cool colors mining you know? lasers yeah. and like all the sparks and lights mm-hmm. and yeah very very cool very um i don't know not blade runnery but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, the color palette of the whole thing is just awesome. Yeah, I I really like that. It definitely sets the tone for um the Marvel uh cosmic universe. The the because you know Marvel has all these different areas. They've got like you know the the Earth piece with the science fiction, and then they've got the magic and the, mm-hmm. and the fantasy with Thor and. And so Guardians of the Galaxy represents like the deep space, like the Star Wars extended, expanded, uh, ex- expanded universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but with the Marvel comics, right? And and so this definitely sets the tone of that. Yeah, and it and really I, I does a great job bringing it, it like, in. You know, from the get go, like when you first see um, Quill sort of like breaking into this old temple. Yeah, like. He's got this cool little gadget that's like analyzing like the rock formations and like putting up this little holographic thing of like what the buildings used to be and yeah. even like the people, you know, so he knows where he's going. But like when he pulls it out of his bag and like tries to turn it on, he has to like bang it a couple times before it yeah, works. He'll and like shakes it. And, yeah. yeah. And I, there's like so many things like that that I really like that seems it's very reminiscent of like, you know, Han in the Falcon. Like yeah. everything is just sort of like cobbled together mm-hmm. like or uh very very much like uh firefly at mm-hmm. times the idea that like there's all this cool technology and like space tech but mm-hmm. like it's n- like 
you know, nothing's compatible with anything else. Yeah. Just cobbling together. And like Rocket is just great at like taking pieces of this and like making yeah. bombs and all sorts of other crazy stuff like out of... I just love it. I and just, even Rocket himself is, you know, they uh, they mention he's got cybernetic implants yeah. and his like a legal experimentation that that made him. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You um you can kind of see it like in his structure and they talked about it in the special features of this movie where, you know, a raccoon doesn't stand up like that and uh-huh. doesn't have like the frame that he's got the frame of like a person, right. like a small person. Yeah. A raccoon doesn't have that frame and so to like uh show that they knew that they like have these like kind of like you can see metal plates where they've like pulled apart his chest and uh-huh. like kind of stitched it back with like machinery and yeah. stuff. So and he has those like uh, the stuff in his back, yep. you know. Yep. I, I love that little like you know those touches, you uh-huh. know. So they they thought about that yeah. too. Uh, there's a ton of detail in it. Um, there's a lot of detail in the collector's um, in his collection too. I don't know. Yeah. If, if you almost noticed. too much yeah it was it was a ton of stuff in yeah. there uh, we'll get to that maybe a little bit in the, okay. in the trivia section okay let's talk about uh gamora and nebula yeah um so you mentioned the conversation you were talking about the conversation that ronan had with gamora and nebula at the beginning yeah 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 and and just like f- first time watching or first three times watching was just kind of like yeah they're talking about stones and stuff uh, i don't know whatever <laughs> yeah. um but yeah like it was clear um you know, from the beginning, that like, uh, I, I I actually forget um, exactly what they were the 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 exact lines they say, but like, I finally kind of had a context for a lot of that early stuff, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, having seen the movie more than once also helps. <laughs> for sure, for sure, definitely. Um, so Kamora Nebula, we we um, we're introduced adopted to adopted daughters. Yeah, of the adopted Thanos. daughters. Of the Nebula makes a reference to. Out of all of our many siblings, yeah. I hated you least. So I'm wondering, and I, I took, I can take that two different ways, and and I don't know if you, you probably won't tell me. Um, <laughs> so I could take that to mean that he had tried, you know, many, many, many times to create sort of these um, really powerful, you know, strong right hands, essentially, mm-hmm. for him uh, to go send out and do his bidding. Um, and that he, they had failed either physically or mentally or mm-hmm. like refused to serve him and he, whatever, or that th- in the training and all the body modification and all the stuff that they had to go through that killed them. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure maybe some common, maybe both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm curious to know if they're the only two or if they're the only two, two that, that are survived. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. I, I did something that I, I guess I didn't really it's more obvious with Nebula but I didn't really put it together probably until like maybe the second time I watched this movie it was that Gamora also had those mo- modifications uh, oh, to yeah. make her like super strong yeah and, yeah. Uh, yeah and actually in this I I picked it up I mean I guess I picked it up before but Rocket says uh, when she's in space you know her body modifications yeah, will let her live her alive for, for a few, a few minutes, minutes longer yeah. yeah and then yeah Nebula got hit by the uh, rocket launcher and like <laughs> twisted into a pretzel and yeah. untwists herself. That that scene where she's like snapping all her limbs yeah. back together, that's really cool. That's yeah. a neat effect. It's gross. Yeah. Um so we talked about Rocket, uh, but of course Groot is the other like piece of that. Uh-huh. It's nuts when you think about it. Like neither one of those characters was on set, obviously, you know? Yeah. But like everybody like it's you never got the sense that they weren't, you yeah. know, like it's so easy to forget. They so all the physical actors. So I don't know how they did it. Maybe you can tell me, but like, did they do stand-ins like wearing suits? They did. So they at uh, least had like an eye line and stuff to look at. And they used, um, actually Sean Gunn, uh, who's James Gunn's brother. he plays Craglin in this movie. Uh, Yondu's guy. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. right hand man. Uh-huh. Um, he, so he, uh, wore uh, like a, blue and sometimes a green like suit like mm-hmm. that covered up everything but his face and he actually acted out he's actually credited i think as rocket raccoon along with bradley cooper who did the voice oh. because he acted out every scene every line to give people in the uh you know in the rest of the cast something to react to yeah he crouched down like all the way down <laughs> so his butt was like an inch off the ground and walked like did a little crazy crouch walk so he would be rocket's height so That's they would nuts. be able to look at his face and he apparently even um, improv some lines, like the line where he says, 
a uh, bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. That was his line. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> he threw in there, and they kept it in the film and had Bradley Cooper. And Bradley Cooper, when he was doing his voice, he watched like the dailies of Sean Gunn acting it out yeah. and the way Sean Gunn delivered it. I mean, he did his own thing, you know, but right. it, Sean it Gunn definitely was there. informed that. Yeah, That's absolutely. Cool. And so that, that um, the, um, the performance uh, of Rocket was done through, like when they were, stitching together that computer image they reference not only bradley cooper and the phases he was making when he was acting but also the stuff sean gunn was doing as well okay cool pretty neat. yeah that's awesome and it's just amazing to think about it was so long ago i mean this was like six years ago when this movie came out mm-hmm. and i mean it was, they were working on it a few years before that how good it looks oh you yeah know, you look, never doubt for a second that there's a raccoon walking around yeah. talking like, oh it's, yeah it's like, amazing it I, f- not even once am I not even once was I like oh wow that CG looks good I just right. I just go past you just yeah. in the movie yeah it's I mean that's very that's well the hallmark done. of yeah. of a good effect is when you forget that it's happening absolutely yeah um I love the effects in in this movie I don't think there's any that bother me I'm trying to think anything I think everything looks cool yeah I, it's 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 very well done I I like this era and of course you have to spend millions tens of mil- hundreds of millions of dollars to get there yeah. but it's definitely the era where like you can just completely look past it all and just believe it yeah, you know, yeah when yeah. you see it um so Groot's another one that's like that uh-huh. and of course Vin Diesel did his voice yeah and it was I was watching the special features with him and it was so interesting because he's so like into it like he really loved the character of Groot and uh-huh. he's like almost like tearing up in his like talking head like interview thing talking about it like he's just he's just all about it that's cool he apparently um i'm not sure exactly how they translated it but he he says i am groot um exclusively but when they you know normally when you dub it into another language they get they hire like local actors to do it but yeah. he he learned how to say it in all the different languages so oh, he did so he he, he's, do it. he's been he's Groot in every edition of the movie <laughs> uh which is neat but that also i guess because it was only but like so many lines he had you know so uh-huh. he just went and did it but i think he said he'd said uh i am Groot like over a thousand times <laughs> which must be kind of nuts yeah that's funny i love <laughs> and, then, and then one line of saying we are Groot. that's right that's right so oh, i mean that got me still it, got me it's that's yeah yeah uh, it's it's really good there's another line that got me and i'm trying to remember what it was now but um i, I really i really liked it it'll come to me but i like when groot when they're he's quills um trying to get them to agree to his plan and Groot like agrees with him, and he's like, "Groot's the only smart one." And then <laughs> yeah. cuts to him like trying to eat a flower yeah, off, off of his, his shoulder. shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, and then Quill just like kind of like rubs his like <laughs> eyes. You know, I just it's so funny. So I like there's so much great comic relief um, from Groot, mm. you know, because of that. But also, I, I even wrote it down in my notes here. Uh, I wrote moments of beauty with Groot. Yeah, and um, I think that that's like a really wonderful uh, I'm glad they added that to his character like when like they land on nowhere and the little like beggar kids are running up and mm. you know Peter Peter and is kind of saying like watch your wallets get, you know get out of here like, yeah you know, just ignore him and Groot bends down and grows a little flower for a little girl yeah and gives it to her just to be nice yeah and like it totally works on like she <laughs> like accepts it with grace and yeah. like it means something to her and then yeah. like when he does the little floating lights that are like almost kind of like fireflies, but not quite, you know, they're just sort of like fairy lights twinkling around and uh, like sort of amazes everyone. Like it's just like, there's this element of nature and beauty imbued in him that they, they do such a wonderful, amazing job of like showing that coming out. Yeah. I, and it's, it's great when it's, like juxtaposed with that scene when they're on the dark aster fighting and he like shoots his arm out and like stabs a line of them and And smashes them all around (laughs) and then he turns around with the biggest grin on his face (laughs) but it's also like that plus like you know the fury and force of nature yeah and the strength of it like he's able to save them at the end but then on top of all of that yeah he's also just a total goof troop (laughs) yeah it's it's great he's a great character yeah uh so interesting it's crazy to think I mean, and now it's a big hit. It was a big hit when it when it came out. But before then, you would have been like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna do a Marvel movie, but it's about a raccoon that talks and a and a big tree." <laughs> you know, like, but what are you talking about? Like, that's yeah. there's no way that's gonna make any money. That's weird. Like, put Spider Man in it. Like, right. what are you doing? Yeah. 
Because this was a total like nothing franchise. Really? You know? Yeah, yeah. This is not... a long shot. <clears throat> and that's been kind of the theme of the whole MCU is take all the B list, D list, yeah, you know, and make guys good. and make a movie and make almost a billion dollars. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's so it's pretty crazy. Like it's not hard to make you know a ton of money with like Wolverine, right. you know, or Spider Man. It's hard to do it with Guardians of the Galaxy, uh-huh. and they did it. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> oh, so can we can we talk about their their moniker or their title yeah yeah as yeah. a group i i i forgot that it was ronan who like disparagingly called yeah, him that mockingly you know right yeah. like right as he thinks that he's like triumphing and about to murder everyone yeah you know look at your guardians of the galaxy and, th- and then they kind of throw it back in his face yeah like how how are you doing that and, <laughs> or the guardians of the galaxy yeah you said it yourself, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. He's got the purple eyes. I I think that is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Like cause Ronan has them too when uh-huh. it's in his when it's in his hammer. And then um and then Quill has them when he's holding the stone. Yeah. That's such a cool like effect to yeah. see them there and the, the way the camera does that like like, you know, kind of spin around them. And yeah. There's all the cool effect. I I I love that scene a lot. Yeah. That's that's an awesome scene. And it it's a cool callback to earlier when we see a similar scene in the collector uh, with the collector with, with those like people in the robes all doing the same thing. Yeah. And they yeah. All disintegrate because yeah. They can't handle it. That was creepy actually. That scene like, yeah, because it, it kind of starts on one of them and he starts like jiggling. Like, yeah, he, it's like you're like, he loses his like balance almost. Yeah. It's, it's weird. And they have like masks on. Yeah. And, but I guess in this one, and it, we find out at the end of this movie that, Pretty much everybody in that circle holding the power stone was not like a regular person, you right? Because you got Gamora who's been genetically modified yep. and got body modifications, and um, you got Drax who who knows what he is, but he is definitely yeah. very powerful yeah. and like can like he's strong, but he like his other power is that he can get the crap beat out of him, yeah. and he's like still <laughs> fine somehow. And he's sort of got like uh, this baseline like mental fortitude, yeah, like this sort of mental toughness to just exist and be <laughs> yeah i don't know he's well, let's talk about drax for yeah, a yeah, yeah i love drax um just absolutely love every line how it's delivered <laughs> and i said it early on like when he we he first got introduced and like they did a couple of jokes of the like him taking everything literally yeah and i said out loud to you because uh, i was laughing i was like this never gets old <laughs> i i think dave patizzo who, who's a professional wrestler yeah like he does, which is crazy yeah uh he really wanted to break into acting and uh-huh. he really really wanted to be in this movie and this is like his favorite thing he's ever done like he's, he's cool. like after he like talks about it all the time and like everybody does a movie with is like his best friend uh-huh. and he <laughs> loves james gunn and he's just so he he because he he considers james gunn's the guy who kind of like lifted him out of uh-huh. obscurity to, to be in this movie and and so he's uh, he's just the happiest person in the world because of this <laughs> that's cool which is really neat you yeah. know like he's just so into the role yeah um in the comic books drax is green and they decided to make him gray in this movie because gamora's already green yeah and also apparently they didn't want to confuse people with like hulk because hulk is green yeah, and okay. hulk's a big green guy i mean they're very different characters yeah but just to be safe but just because like just you gotta imagine like the dumbest person watching right. it would be like is that hulk yeah what? i like his character design and all the like awesome it's kind of like orange colored like yeah tat- like i don't know if it's tattoos or just naturally occurring they're, it's they're supposed to be tattoos in the comic book he has uh, much simpler like almost like flame looking tattoos that are just like a kind of a stripe on each side and they're red on his green mm. but in this movie they went with this like uh, they it has a name for it but it's like a scarring tattoo yeah that, yeah like, yeah, is yeah raised uh-huh. it's awesome looking. yeah and like it's so intricate and it's like all over his body yeah. like it's really cool yeah and it took you know hours and hours and hours sure. but yeah that's not like um makeup it's i mean it's makeup but it's like those are like prosthetics that they've like put, on, put him. on him yeah. yeah that makes sense yeah but it's 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 insane to, th- to think about it and like to get a like look at them you know they're they're awesome yeah um but, so, but anyway they're all pretty much even rocket has been modified and then of course quill we find out is part something else yep yep and so that's part of why they were all able to to hang on to it for so long but the also the theme is that you know not None of them were able to defeat Ronan on their own, but yeah. only as together could they do that. And and there was you know the moment when sort of Quill gives that speech in the ship, um, and, you know, and and um, uh, what's his name, um, Raccoon. Oh, Rocket. Rocket. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> sometimes it just leaves my mind. 
um, and Rocket was like, "You're you're asking us to die." Yeah. Uh, and that whole scene is is very uh, you know sort of emotional and heartfelt and like. I really like like the message that he's giving, you mm-hmm. know, saying like, you know, w- what else do we have to do with yeah. our lives? What else do we have to give back? Like, why, why don't we make it be worth something, essentially? He, he says, I, you're, you're right, I, and I love it a lot. He says, you know, life normally takes, but today it's giving us like a chance. Yeah. To uh to 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 do something yeah and I I like that, that yeah was, that was that was a neat touch and he he calls them all losers you mm-hmm. know because of as in but, we're all people that have lost yeah but it's just great how it turns on a dime because just a moment before that him and Rocket are in this fight <laughs> yeah. over like how what percentage of a plan he has yeah. and whether that counts or not and and then the fake laugh he's like, that's oh, a just fake laugh what <laughs> I just it's I lo- real I love it so much. <laughs> It's interesting. I I wouldn't have put this together, and it's a total coincidence, I'm sure. But um, he says he's twelve percent of a plan, and that's the same amount of credit that Tony Stark says Pepper should take for uh, Stark Tower. Give her, give yourself twelve percent of the credit. I don't Do you think it's coincidence? Or? I think I think it's coincidence. Okay, that's, <laughs> but, that's funny though. But it is a, it's a it's a funny little you know yeah. thing. Uh, may, maybe, but I I think because James Gunn wrote this. Oh no, he didn't write it. I take that back. Uh, somebody else wrote it, but uh, I think it was. Let me find out who wrote it. That's gonna bug me. James so, Gunn wrote the third one. So um, I want to talk a little bit more about yeah. Gamora. Um, Sal, what's her name? Sal, Saldana. Zoe Saldana. Yeah. Zoe uh, Saldana. Who? Yeah. Plus Gamora. Um, she does great. Um, yeah. She's awesome. Um, the, I guess you could say you know for a lot of them you don't get a lot of arc. You know, it's hard to do a lot of arc when you've got like sort of a ensemble, like five, yeah. you know, five person crew. Mm-hmm. But they do a really good job, I think, with giving at least enough of a backstory and enough of a reason for them to work together and enough of a reason for them all to sort of come together and sort of like change their mind at the same time. Yeah. Um, but to me, hers was the sketchiest. And like, I understand what she's saying is horrific. Like, you know, she was her, you know, uh, Thanos killed her family and abducted her and subjected her to all these treatments and stuff. So you can only assume that she's just been biding her time the entire time Mm -hmm. and that she's finally seen an opportunity. Is that how you read it? Or or is it that she's sort of seen or she's just kind of like, flipped something in her mind is flipped and she was loyal and now she's not i think there probably is some degree of like brainwashing sure, that it happened sure. um but i think she has seen like an opportunity okay. i think uh she's aware that thanos is pretty much unbeatable like yeah. to go up straight against him you know mm-hmm. and and that ronin is like unbeatable you know like you know so she uh, she's um because her plan was to take the orb and like sell it yeah. and then run away right <laughs> and like you know make it so they couldn't get to it yeah and uh she realizes that was a stupid plan when uh the collector can't keep it safe for even like a couple of seconds yeah <laughs> uh, but uh she i i think that's a good reading of it uh-huh. uh, i think she was kind of like this is my chance yeah okay um, but clearly you can see her and Nebula, they're kind of messed up, oh, you yeah. know, yeah, uh, yeah. which the, you would be, you know, right. with Thanos calling himself your dad, uh-huh. you know, and remembering your real family who was murdered by I, him. Like, I, like you said, there's elements of brainwashing. There must be elements of Stockholm syndrome to yeah. some degree. Oh yeah. And there's the elements too of like, you know, putting them through the crucible, like to form them into sort of like that shared suffering concept of like they do it in dune like that's kind mm-hmm. of how like the the emperor gets his uh shock troops is mm-hmm. you put them on a prison planet when they come out they're loyal to you mm. you know it's much more but it's yeah. like that same process um and you see it like um you see it in like societal uh, uh like norms uh in the passing along of societal norms like um, gender roles and mm-hmm. uh, so anyway we can we can go down a rabbit hole with that um, there is uh, I am going down a rabbit hole <laughs> I, I wrote I wrote a paper once comparing that uh, mechanism in Dune to um, a 1930s German movie mm-hmm. um, about 
that the passing on of gender norms in like you know pre-war germany mm-hmm. and how a per, uh, this paternalistic society um you know put all these young women together in these you know uh, you know boarding schools essentially mm-hmm. um to sort of force them to be you know this um what society expected of them you know mm-hmm. to grow up and be you know ladies mm-hmm. you know uh, and this is like upper class right mm-hmm. yeah and uh but and it was the idea of like this shared suffering and they they so they like re- redirected all their hatred not towards like the patriarchy that mm-hmm. was actually doing it to it but the the schoolmistress the schoolmistress mm-hmm. so the idea that like you redirect someone's hatred away from you yeah and then once they come out of the system they're loyal to you yeah and you've created them to be you've created all that hate and right you've just pointed it at your enemy exactly yeah and so that's the exact the, the, the idea of that crucible that targeted crucible yeah. That seems to have worked on Nebula. Yeah, you know, and that's I like I. So I'm very fascinated to know if we ever find out more about that aspect of what Thanos has done to Nebula mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and uh, Gamora because mm-hmm. that's super cool. That's a I mean, not doing that to people. That's <laughs> yeah, not, of course, that's not cool, guys. No, that's not cool. But as a character study, yeah, I see what you mean. Um, before we move on, let's let's talk about the soundtrack to this movie. Oh this my is, gosh, this is the first Marvel movie with like an actual like. I mean, I guess you could say Iron Man and his parts in. Uh, Avengers where he plays ACDC yeah. you know but like this is like the first like honest to goodness like soundtrack it uh, so works it's really good uh you know pop hits from like the 70s yep. that would make sense that he would you know that's tied to his childhood uh-huh. you know and he still has his Walkman and it, and it fits in there he would actually listen to those songs he like he scoured like the the Billboard Top 100 and like narrowed it down to like 120 songs like over that decade you uh-huh. know and he was like, these are the 120 songs that I'm going to pick the soundtrack from. And he would listen to those songs as he was writing and as he was directing. And they would build scenes around the song to be played. That's cool. It was really cool. Yeah. So, like, that opening scene with Come and Get Your Love. Right. Like, so good. Uh, uh, just every every use of it. Even in, like, um, the Pina Colada song, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> where it's either sometimes it like it goes really well or it's like against, you yeah. know, uh-huh. the scene uh, was perfect. And it's something that I think is really to the film's credit. And it really it put all those songs like back on the uh, Billboard, you know, 100 list. Uh, yeah. Especially, uh, I think, um, I think Come and Get Your Love and like these songs because people are like, oh, I like this again. Yeah. <laughs> they actually released the soundtrack on cassette. Uh, oh, did they really? For the first time since 2003. Uh, That's funny. And then, and then that's just just to, so they could do it. Yeah, that, I bet you it's gimmicky, but, but I bet you they sold a ton of them. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure they sold every single one they made. <laughs> um, so you ready for your MCU pop quiz? Oh, I'm ready for the MCU pop quiz. Hey, that was different. <laughs> so, which Marvel comic character? has never been a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So the Guardians of the Galaxy, much like the X-Men, has a rotating, you know, crew. Okay. And so and they'll bring people in uh, from time to time, maybe to help move a few comics or, or you know, because the writers think it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. So of this list... <laughs> the writers are bored that the week. The writers are bored that week. Of this list, three have been in the Guardians of the Galaxy and okay. one hasn't. And All you've right. got to decide which one has I got this. A, Iron Man. Okay. B, Ant-Man. Okay. C, Doctor Strange. Okay. D, Captain Marvel. Okay. Talk me through it. What are you thinking? All right. You remember when I said I got this? <laughs> yeah. You don't got it. Huh? I don't got this. <laughs> uh, well, right. Reason through it. So. I've, I've already in another episode told you one of these people was in it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm glad you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's see. Both Ant-Man and Iron Man are, are very dependent on their technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could maybe see that, like, kind of fitting in with the space theme, um, science, spa- uh, that could work. I really don't know anything about Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's a technology guy or if he's a magic guy or what. I don't know anything about Captain Marvel. Okay. But I think she? Yes. Uh, I think she is more along the lines of like super soldier. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Not like techno. So I'm going to go with Captain Marvel has never been part of the Avengers. Ooh, that close. Oh, it was close. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Iron Man, Ant-Man and Captain Marvel 
have all been in Guardians of the Galaxy at one point or another uh, to bring cool. it in. Okay. But of course, they weren't the original team, and neither was the team in this movie. The original Guardians of the Galaxy debuted in 1969, uh-huh. and totally different crew, and actually it took place in the 31st century. <laughs> okay. Uh, this was um, kind of before... Marvel had their idea of like a comic universe. I mean, they sort of did, and yeah. like there was some crossover, but they didn't they, quite they, they didn't think it like, together. They didn't think everything yeah. had to be like that, you know. In the year twenty billion, <laughs> so it was the thirty-first century. They eventually tied it together. It was the future of an alternate universe. Okay, and um, it, you know, it was I guess sort of popular, you know, but it was like super sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yondu was actually a member of that team in the comic books. Um, He had a bow and arrow. uh, So that's where the kind of whistling arrow comes from. Ah, cool. Okay. Uh, Which, by the way, how cool is that whistling arrow? Yeah, I love it. I love he's threatening people with it, but you never see it used until like the very end of the movie. And you're like, oh, I see why everybody was so afraid of that. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That is a very dangerous weapon. I love that scene. Yeah. So... um, this this movie was based on the modern incarnation of the team, which was around 2008 is when all these people were in the team together. Okay. Um, Star-Lord, Gamora, Drax, Rocket, and Groot. Was Star-Lord always the, kind of the leader of it? He's the leader of it in, in the 2008 version, but all of these characters were actually introduced before Star Wars came out in theaters. Uh, wow. So even though they it wasn't until 2008 that they were all in Guardians of the Galaxy together, they've all been in Marvel Comics for a very long time. So okay. uh, Star-Lord and Rocket Raccoon were both introduced in 1976. Star-Lord in January and Rocket, I think, over the summer. Um, Gamora was introduced in 1975. Drax in 1973. And Groot all the way back in 1960. So wow. he's one of the old Marvel characters. That's crazy. They're all introduced in like one-off, you know, like Tales to Astonish, you know. Oh, uh, sure. Tales to Marvel and things like that. Like they weren't, they didn't have their own comic books, you uh-huh. know. But because Marvel used to do anthology stuff. Okay. And, um, but they would, you know, create just to see kind of like what, throw stuff at the wall, see what would stick. Yeah. And that's where Spider-Man came from. He came from Amazing Fantasy number 15, uh-huh. which was a science fiction, like horror anthology series. Huh. And and Spider-Man was like one of the last ones. They only did 16, I think, Amazing Fantasies. But it was a huge hit. So they're like, well, let's give him his own thing. And that's kind of what they did yeah. back then. Um, but the other piece of it is the ones that weren't successful in Star-Lord, Rocket Raccoon, Groot, Drax, Gamora. They were, none of them were successful, uh-huh. you know, when they first debuted. Um, but then they become uh, free, like, intellectual property for future writers to use. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, um, let's bring back Gamora. And so that's what they're able to do. Huh. And and that's kind of what the 2008 was. Like, let's bring all these guys in and yeah. let's, let's do it. So Interesting. It's, it's really neat to think about how uh, that comic continuity works. Yeah. So, right. When did the first, when did Iron Man come out? What year? Ooh, man, you're testing me. I want to say it's 1960. No, 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 sorry, sorry, the movie. Oh, 2008. Okay, so, like, that's interesting. The first movie yeah. in the MCU yeah. came out <laughs> the same year that they wrote those characters together in a comic book, which would later become this movie. Isn't that nuts? It is nuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the comics in 2013, that's when Iron Man briefly joined the guardians of the galaxy so that wasn't until after the iron man movie and that's why i i I mentioned this and this is what i was talking about when i gave it away the end of iron man 3 the stinger um was gonna be and they never shot it was gonna be uh iron man listen to me spider-man gonna be iron man (laughs) blasting off into space and joining up with the guardians of the galaxy yeah um or at least blasting off into space for some reason and then he was going to be a cameo in guardians of the Uh, galaxy Um, as a nod to the fact that they had just, you know, because Iron Man 3 came out in 2013. And so the Guardians of the Galaxy, they had written the comic books. They had just written Iron Man into the Guardians of the Galaxy. So they're trying to do a little synergy there. Yeah. But it didn't work out because uh, they were okay. like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm kind of glad they didn't do because that. Because you get the sense Guardians of the Galaxy is happening far, far away. Yeah. You know, it's this galaxy, but it's it's on the other side. Like, why would iron man just like blast off in a suit you yeah know? Like, <laughs> it's gonna take him a million years it, to get there it had a lot of problems yeah. <laughs> <laughs> especially when he was in space like you know the last time his suit instantly failed yeah <laughs> like and where would he be just wandering around right. i don't know it's got, it's got issues i'm glad they didn't do that <clears throat> but anyway that was aaron's trivia corner um wait we, did i say did i introduce that no, you didn't do it. Let's, I'm gonna, uh, uh, I'm gonna get, give it an out, outro. Outro, yeah. Get Let's us out of there. say goodbye to Aaron's trivia corner.
That was a lot like last week's. Goodbye. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. So, um, we talked about how this movie fits in the larger narrative. We talked about Thanos. We talked about the other. Um, I didn't mention the items in the collector's layer. Um, I keep calling it the collector's layer. That was actually a store. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I enjoyed going there. But I used to get um, uh, battleships to put together. Oh, what yeah. a nerd. <laughs> so <laughs> the collector had, well, he first he showed an image of the Tesseract and the Ether. So really tied into those other two movies. But I don't know if you noticed, there was a Chitauri uh, warrior in one of his cages. And those are the guys okay. that attacked uh, yeah. in Avengers yeah. in the Battle of New York. Okay. He was kind of like sitting on the floor, like kind of slumped in the first shot. Yeah. And is that, wait, is that whose uh, enclosure his slave maid person was cleaning? No, in that one was a dark elf. Ah, that was a dark elf. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I miss. I must have missed the Chitari. Although I thought I saw somebody that looked like Pinheads. Maybe that was the, one of the Chitari. <laughs> no, the Chitari look kind of like the bad guys in this movie, the Sakarans. Just kind of like big bulky armor. Yeah. They were more like gold. I'll show you a picture of them. Okay. Uh, but so there was that. Um, this hasn't tied into the larger MCU universe, but I still wrote it down. The dog uh, that is in his, that's wearing a space suit. Yeah. Uh, was that supposed to be like a, a, a Russian cosmonaut yes, dog? Exactly. Okay. In fact, he's a character in the comic books called Cosmo. Oh, really? And he's a, he's a, a Russian, like a Soviet dog who was blasted off into space. Um, some space force gave him sentience so he can talk and <laughs> he actually runs in the comic books. He runs security for nowhere. <laughs> and is uh, a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I'm kind of glad they walked that back a little bit. But that's neat. Yeah. I mean, you know. I, you... I like all the nods to some of that stuff. Yeah. And, of course, they brought in Howard the Duck at the end. Yeah. So, well, explain that to me. Um, I, I don't know anything about Howard the Duck. So, when I saw it, I was like, I vaguely know this is a character. <laughs> I, I vaguely know that people were like kind of weirded out by it. <laughs> so I, I don't know a ton about Harvard the Duck, but he's a comic book character. He's owned by Marvel. And he there was a movie, I think, in the 80s. Okay, I remember that. Yeah, and happened. that's what everybody like is weirded out by because it was like just really weird. Because obviously they couldn't do CGI then. Yeah. That Howard the Duck was CGI. But in the 80s, it was this weird like guy in a suit suit. And he like had a like he like had a romantic relationship with like a human in it i don't know much about that movie but okay. he's just kind of seen as at the marvel comics as at like their most absurd okay. and their weirdest and that does intersect pretty nicely with guardians of the galaxy <laughs> i mean you've got groot you've got rocket they're yeah. like a half step away from that sure <laughs> so the talking dog although the dog didn't talk in this he was just a dog yeah. but uh cosmo the talking dog and and howard the duck you know they're they're adjacent. <laughs> the only way you can get weirder is when you get into um, Peter Porker, uh, who is Spider Ham, who oh, is right. a, a cartoon pig that is. Uh, and, and so that's <laughs> so somehow canon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's from a different Marvel universe, but, but everyone's he, pigs. But he exists, and he's great. <laughs> it, the the Spider Verse, where everything is spiders. That's right. That's right. He was actually a spider bitten by a radioactive pig. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah. No. And in his universe, uh, all the all the Marvel heroes are anthropomorphic animals of some <laughs> kind. <laughs> but yeah, I love. But he's a spider that was bit by a radioactive pig. But his name is Peter Porker. So yeah. <laughs> they, they clearly came up with these things like years apart in time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Whatever's, I mean, whatever's a joke. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say that's hilarious. It's stupid, but it's yeah. funny. You don't. He doesn't show up in like the big storylines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's that's again. Now, that's the absurd corners of the Marvel universe. No, maybe I shouldn't ask this, but is the Into the Spider Verse the animated movie? Is that considered part of the MCU? No. Okay. So okay. So I mean, that's the beauty of of a multiverse, though, or the Spider Verse, if you want to look at it, is that technically, you know, uh, the Spider Man that we will see in this. Uh, it could show up in Into the Spider Verse because it's, it's, it's just one of, one of, the, of the, the iterations. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, Into the Spider Verse is its own they're standalone just, movie, and you should watch it. It's an Oscar winner. It's fantastic. They're just getting into some <laughs> string theory here. Yeah, multiple well, timelines. Hey, Marvel's all about that stuff. <laughs> so let's talk about Infinity Watch. Do you? Do okay. You, we we know we found another stone. Yeah, I don't know what this one didn't have like a cool name. The orb. The is orb. Is that yeah. Like, okay. But it's mainly for its container. Right, sure. 
It's um, purple. It's purple. So we will run and I've created a section here for existing stones. Uh-huh. Tesseract we know is on Asgard. Yeah. The ether is on nowhere. And the we, ether is on it, nowhere. Yeah, yeah. With the collector. With the collector. Although, um, you know, we have we have reason to believe it won't be in his. It, it may not stay in his collection for long, considering how much he botched the orb. Yeah, and I'm I'm wondering like that that happened with the orb. Like he blew up like the entire building and his whole collection. Like it's just a miracle that like one of those <laughs> things didn't hit one of the, like the thing. <laughs> yeah. The, the containing the ether. Like what would have happened then? Yeah. Can a can a stone destroy another stone? I'm assuming some crazy. <laughs> Bonkers stuff will happen if two stones interact. We may never know. I bet you we will know. <laughs> Bucky's so, not dead. <laughs> so the orb is on Xandar. I'm going to put that on my list here. Yep. So we know. Orb so, on Xandar. And we knew Unless that, he switched that out again, but I don't. I don't think he did. He seemed pretty adamant that the Xandarians should have it. But I don't know why. I guess he just didn't. They want have it. a vault. Yeah, he didn't want it. <laughs> They he he figured better it be on a planet with like a military sure. you know than Although, on his ship. Can we talk about the dumb idea of like <laughs> let's link our spaceships together? And I mean, granted, it worked for like a minute. Um, it didn't seem super effective. No, but, and yeah. then like as soon as like it started failing, they should have all just been like, "Oop, Let, let's do something else." Like, regroup. Yeah, yeah regroup. Yeah. <laughs> Back up. <laughs> Try again. Uh, instead, they all just died. Yeah. Like thousands of pilots. But can we talk about how many people died in this movie? <laughs> it was a lot of people. A lot of people. A lot of people died, and they were like dive bombing the city. Yep. They're definitely getting more into that area, you know, uh-huh. of, of civilians die with these bad guys are attacking. We're seeing, we saw a ton of bad guys die, too. Like oh, mm-hmm. the Kree were just getting slaughtered by the good guys. Uh, they were actually not Kree, they were. Sicarians. Sicarians. Yeah, I guess he had some kind of mercenary army. Okay. They don't really explain it, why he wouldn't have a bunch of Kree. Uh, there were a couple Kree, like Korath, he's a Kree. Okay. Um, But but a lot of Sicarians. And I loved I loved when Star-Lord called, them, called that one guy Ninja Turtle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they look like um, like dirty mud mud rocks. <laughs> yeah. Mud rock people. Um, so back to the Infinity Watch. Those are the three stones we know about, the Tesseract, the Aether, and the Orb. But we now know, in this one, we found out there are six of them. So mm-hmm. there's three that have yet to turn up. Okay. So any thoughts on where those might be? Do you think we've seen any of those three yet? No. Okay. I don't think we have. Um, I bet you they're out there somewhere, though. Maybe. Maybe not. What if the, what if <laughs> he was just lying? This <laughs> is just real anticlimactic. <laughs> it was just these three. <laughs> and we lost one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it's it's hard to talk about rankings because this phase isn't over yet. But uh-huh. where would you kind of put this one in the spectrum? Right at the very tip top. This is your absolute favorite. This is my absolute favorite. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Out of all the movies we've watched. Out of all of them. Yep. Wow. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. It's, it's not a, hard for me. It's, it's a really good one. It's just, it's hilarious. I love the sci-fi. I love the music. I love the world. I love the the world building and the hinting. The yeah. world hinting that they do a lot of, I, I just love it. It's just perfect for me. I would, I will say that when I, f- I was right there with you when when this was uh, the l- most recent one that I had watched, uh, I was like, this is the best. They'll never top it, and uh, it, it might not be on my top five anymore. Oh wow! <laughs> so they're gonna get good, huh? They're gonna get good. Okay. Um, but this was the tippy top for me too. Okay. Cool. So, let's see. How much do you know about next week's film, Nick? Nothing, because I don't know what it is. So, there's... I'll give you a hint. There's two films left in this phase. Okay. And then phase two will be over. So, what do you... Yeah, and then we'll be into phase three. But that's because phase three is the longest phase. Okay. (laughs) So, all right. So, we've had a Captain America. We've had an Iron Man. Yeah. Um, we've yeah. had Guardians. We have Thor. We had Thor. Um, they're not going to do another Hulk, probably, that I know of. Let's see who else is there. Um, gosh. It's gosh, golly. I think that we are going to have a new character introduced. Okay. That's that is next. my guess. Okay. 
You're wrong. Ah, crap. Next is Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, okay. So we get something important enough to get the whole team back together. That's right. Uh, So the first phase ended with Avengers. Yeah. And uh, this phase has one more after Avengers. The the penultimate. It's, it's, yeah, the Avengers is the penultimate. It's the the climax. And then it has a a falling action Uh movie. And that becomes the, for true in phase three as well. Interesting. Yeah. So do you, do you, well, we'll, we'll we'll get to what that movie will be next week. Oh man, you're not even going to tell me. But uh, are you excited about Age of Ultron? What do you know about that movie? Now that you know what it is, what do you know about the, the Avengers two? So I don't know a thing about it. I, I feel like I remember people that I know being like, ooh, got to go see that, mm-hmm. like when it was coming out. Yeah. Like we're starting to get into my recent enough memory that I'm remembering yeah. people being excited about you these were, movies. We're no longer 12 years ago. This yeah. Is, this was only six years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to like recall like people in my life caring. This I think I think this movie came out in 2015. Wow. I could be wrong. Um, I believe it did. So I feel like, like the... They were really staggering them at first, and then they started to just, like, two yeah. or three a year, probably, right? Yeah, it got to two a year, and then some years we got three. Wow. And so now it's either two or three a year. Okay. So it's it's definitely gotten uh, coming fast and furious. That's another franchise that uh, you're going to show me. That's right. That'll be uh, season two. <laughs> Are you excited about that? Uh, we so, got to talk about season two. We're gonna we're gonna table that one. Okay. So so I don't know anything about it. I'll so, say that I know absolutely nothing about so Age of Ultron. It came out May first, twenty fifteen. For some reason, in my head, um, I just keep thinking of um, I don't even know if they're a functioning oil company anymore. But remember <laughs> Chevron? Yeah. That's what I think of when I hear Ultron. So <laughs> I, I think they're going to go like it's going to be like gas. a law procedural <laughs> where they take some like like oil company to to town. <laughs> well, Nick, it's not that. But don't be disappointed because, Nick, you got to watch this. listening to our podcast we want to hear from you you can reach out to us on email at you gotta watch this podcast at gmail.com you can also reach us at facebook or instagram at you gotta watch this podcast or on twitter at gotta underscore watch thanks